for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. Okay, Dan, why don't you come up? Grab Susan's microphone there, if she can put it on, and we'll have a seat, and we'll have a little chat, uh, like we said. Okay? See, they're not, hardly anybody here, it's... It's not, it's, it's not frightening at all. They're only glad that you're there and they're not there, okay? <laughs> okay. Um, got a few questions. I gave you the questions before, so you know what's coming. Where, would you say the recent teaching has meant something to you, Dan? Uh, yeah, I would say that it, it has. Um, in, in terms of praying, I've, uh, I've always struggled with the sort of uh, sitting down sort of quietly and trying to uh, trying to engage with it I've always found uh, it easy to be either distracted or to um, say in, in terms of my time with God go and, and worship instead um, and so this this uh, last few months has been really helpful in terms of helping me focus and prioritize praying uh, because it was as I say it was something that I found it quite easy to neglect before essentially okay and has that meant a change in your daily routines or uh, yeah so essentially one of the things that I've tried to do is is be quite consistent with it um, sort of just as with anything in life I think consistency is the key and so um, in terms of praying I've, uh, I've tried to be consistent with it especially even doing it on times where you know if you wake up feeling grumpy or on the wrong side of the bed or <clears throat> something's going on in life and you just don't really feel like doing this at all uh trying to pray in those times as well and obviously more often than not i come out of it feeling better than than when i went into it and okay. so that then helps uh, me want to do it again i just can't imagine you wake, waking up grumpy <laughs> rachel <laughs> just can't imagine it <laughs> Can easily. <laughs> so it's, cha- it's changed your routine, would you say? Uh, yes, definitely. Okay, in, w- in what way? W- what would you do now that you weren't doing before, would you say? So, so I think, again, as I say, uh, with the consistency, um, whereas before I um, used to, say, read the Bible in the morning, uh, I would then find it easy to get distracted or to pr- prioritize something else in the morning after that, um, or... Uh, as I say, on, on days where I'm not in the mood, just sack it off completely. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but um, over the last few months, as I've been trying to prioritize it and concentrate on it, uh, it's meant that I've sort of read the Bible and then prayed specifically about uh, various things. Sure. And have you found that that sort of deepened your relationship with God? Uh, yeah, so that's been, uh, so, so that's been, that's been really good. Essentially, uh, one of the things that I feel like I've been sort of uh, focusing on or, or learned over these last few months is, um, especially as a as a father to, to two children, um, this thing of um, there's been times where, say, I'm putting Joshua to bed at, at night time, and I'll uh, and I'll say, you know, do you want to tell me about anything that happened today? Uh, and he'll just say no, and then fall, <laughs> and and fall asleep. And I'm like, okay. Uh, and and I think it's one of those things where if if, if I mean, he's, he's not sad when he falls asleep, but if he seems sad and still said, no, I don't want to speak about it, then that would, that would weigh on me, and I'd think, oh, you know, I want him to tell me about mm. things. I want, to, I want him to tell me about problems that he's having or yeah. even good things if he wanted to share about that. Um, and I'd love that, and I think that that's similar to sort of, you know, the, the way that God is with us, obviously. It's a, a father-son relationship, mm-hmm. and um, he, 
sort of whereas before I may have thought of it as, as something that I should do because it's good to pray if you're a Christian, now it's more trying to think about it as a father-son relationship and wanting to share and open yeah. up and sort of, you know, give God the burdens and allow him to be my comforter. And so it's, d- like it's deepened your relationship. Yeah. So you've, in a sense, you've gone from having to pray to wanting to pray. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Then you do well. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant thanks for that that's great and uh, it's good when you get first hand account of someone who's actually benefited from what you've taught and what we've been looking at so he's done a brilliant job there we're going to look uh, for the time that we have (coughs) excuse me the time we have left um, at and we're going to look at three readings first of all and we're going to look at praying Uh, this will probably be our last session in this current series on the, the matter of prayer, so uh, and I'm going to base it on try praying um, a little bit. So let's read first of all from Colossians chapter four, verses two through six. Colossians chapter four, uh, verses two through six. I think we'll leave it there. Um, Colossians four, verse two. Continue earnestly in prayer. <clears throat> Uh, being vigilant with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also, Paul says, for us, that God would open to us a door for the Word to speak the mystery of Christ. To speak the mystery of Christ, the Gospel, the Word, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest, excuse me, as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Continue earnestly in prayer. Colossians 4. Then Matthew 9. Matthew 9. You can see where I'm going with these readings. Matthew 9, verses 36 through 38. But when he, he being Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved for he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered. Like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out, my version says. Send out means force out, means actually boot out. Thrust forth laborers into his Harvest. And then Romans 10, Romans 10, verse 1. Brethren, Paul again says, My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the UK 
My heart's desire for my city, for my family, is that they may be saved. <clears throat> Excuse me. And this, then verse 9. <clears throat> that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you, you will be saved. Okay, we're going to uh, talk through these three readings. Really, I've, I've entitled it Try Praying this morning. It should be up there any second. Yeah, it is. But my real title, I guess, is My Heart's Desire. I want to talk about a little bit this morning about my heart's desire. Uh, not only my heart's desire, but God's heart's desire. But also, I want to question and ask you about your heart's desire. You know, sometimes when you go to a concert or a performance or a big event, the, uh, there's like a big large stage, not like this little stage, but a big large stage. And there's a gap between the stage and the stage having the speaker or the singers, the communicators or whatever, and the audience that is in the audience, um, a huge gap for various reasons. It could be security or safety or PA wires or whatever. I remember uh, many years ago, uh, we went to see uh, T.D. Jakes in, in London at Wembley Arena, and there was this huge stage, and all the singers and communicators and everybody is on there, and then there was a huge gap, and then there was like thousands of people in the audience, a huge gap. And that means the speaker, the communicator, the singer <clears throat> has to learn through their performances when they, until they get to the big stage to be able to communicate across that gap because there's a space there. And if that gap can't be filled by the communicator, then the audience doesn't catch the heart of the speaker, the communicator. And that's what it's like with us and God sometimes. Even though Jesus came down and bridged the gap between you and him, there is still often a gap, either imagined, imagined gap or, or a real gap between him and us, between his heart and my heart and your heart. It's possible to have a connection and live even in the same, <clears throat> excuse me, and live even in the same house as someone but not have a heart for them. Let that sink in a little bit. It's possible to live in the same house as someone and not have a heart for them. It's possible to be a Christian and not often have a heart for God. And Paul's talking about his heart is that Israel, that his people would be saved. How do I catch God's heart? Well, <laughs> try praying. Because when you connect with God, you catch his heart. But if we don't pray and there's no connection, there's no communication, and there's no conversation, it's as if the gap between the stage and the audience is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. In fact, it's a bit like you just go back a bit more to get a better seat. Away from all the hubbub around the stage, you go back and back. And sometimes we go that way in our Christian life. So our heart no longer has the desire that we had when we were 
or when we became a Christian. There's a gap there. And it's harder for the listener to catch the communication of the person who's communicating to them. And for some Christians, maybe even for you, that gap has become big. At the beginning, you were at the front of the stage, and you wanted to see everything that was going on. You wanted to connect with the people on the stage, but now you find yourself up in the stalls, up in the gods, and you're just looking on, seeing what's happening. For some Christians, that's what they've done with their relationship with God. And they think, well, it's okay because I'm, I'm still in the room. I'm still connected in some way, shape, or form. The problem is when you try to connect that faith that you have currently with people outside, you bring them to sit beside you in the seats where you're sitting in the venue. So if you're half-hearted, guess what? The people that you're communicating with will come and sit beside you, and they will be half-hearted. They'll keep the same distance away. If you have a lukewarm Christianity, and that's what you introduce your friends to, guess what they will have? They will have a non-costly, lukewarm Christianity. Because why? Because they have caught your heart. That's why we thank God that when the prodigal came home, he met the father, not the elder brother. Because if they had met the elder brother, he would have caught his heart. Rejection, rebellion, go away. You don't deserve it. Keep your distance. And sometimes we are worried and we are surprised when our friends don't catch our, what we think is our faith. And it's because often we have a lukewarm faith. We don't have a radical faith. Maybe they don't even catch anything at all. Because the truth is people don't buy into half-hearted They think, if it doesn't mean much to you, well, really, why would you think it would mean anything to me? If you're not inspired, why why would I be inspired? If you're not following him, why, why should I follow him? If you won't pay a price, why 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 would I pay a price? To answer these questions, to bridge that gap. We need, if you haven't done it already, and this is your last session, we need to start to try praying. Because it's praying that gets you forward, that edges you towards the stage. It's prayer that gets you up close and personal. It's prayer that moves and shakes you. It's prayer that will enable you to catch God's heart. If your heart is hard, if your heart is cold, I tell you something not a word of knowledge, it's not a prophecy, you're not praying. Because if you were praying, you'd catch God's heart, and your heart wouldn't be hard. And without prayer, you're just an onlooker, looking on from the distance. And so many of us want to be Christ-like without paying a price. No shortcuts, God says. It's almost like we want to just read books for information. But when you read a book, you have to learn from a book. It's the reading and the learning that changes us. It's not just getting your Bible and picking up and say a few facts and, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. I'll quote that next time I see Jack. That's a good verse. I'll quote that. 
It's no, it's letting the, you read the Bible and let the Bible read you. You have to learn. You have to catch the heart of the Bible. And when you catch the heart of the Bible, you catch the heart of God. You catch what God is passionate about. You'll catch what he hates and you'll catch what he loves. You'll find he's a giving God. You'll find that he's a jealous God. He's jealous, not envious. Some people get mixed up. He's not envious. He's jealous of his relationship with you. Like Dan was saying about his little one, he's jealous of that relationship. And when you keep your distance, when you clam up, he gets jealous because he wants to be with you. He wants to communicate with you. And when you communicate with him, you'll find something. You'll find that he has a heart and a love for the lost. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. When's the last time you looked at the multitudes? When you looked at the crowds down the town center and you were moved with compassion for them. Well, if you start to pray, you'll start to catch a heart for these broken-hearted people. You'll start to catch a heart for the prodigal. The elder brother had no heart for, the bro- for the, his brother, but the father did. What are you, the father or the elder brother? The heart's desire of the good shepherd is that your family and your friends and your workmates and your colleagues and your neighbors won't be like a sheep without a shepherd. So what's our heart's desire? Dig a little bit into your life. What's your real heart's desire? You can find that out quite easily. You find it out easily because when you look at a crowd, when you look at a group of people who have no intention of going on with God, how do you see them? What do you see? What do you feel? How do you react? If it's indifference, that's your heart's desire. If it's like, couldn't care less, really, if I'll be honest, that's your heart's desire. If you never think about them, or care for them, or pray for them, that's your heart's desire. I'm praying that as a church, as, a fam- as families, as a community, that we will catch the heart of God. How are we going to do that? We're going to do it through prayer. Because prayer is communi- you and me and us communicating with the one and only God. That's prayer. I mean, I don't know whether that excites you, but when you last prayed, whenever that was, this morning, last night, last week, last month, last year, you were talking to God. You weren't just talking to thin air, you were talking to God. And, and talking to God is not reciting prayers. Communicating with God is really touching base with each other. How was your day? How are things? Praying for the multitude is spiritual warfare. It's sweaty prayers, deep prayers. Not thank you Jesus prayers, bless you prayers, three wishes and a hop and a skip and a jump prayer, which often we do. They're not going to cut it when you start to think about winning the lost. You need the Holy Spirit to intercede in your prayers 
for your lost companion, neighbor, friend, work colleague, whatever it is. Because what I'll tell you is the devil does not give up easily what's his. So we need the comforter, our counselor, our intercessor, the one who empowers us to help us to pray the right prayers and catch God's heart. Psalm 34, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Not a new Volvo, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz. He will give you give you, place inside of you, so into you, desires that are, work alongside you being a Christian and a disciple and being an evangelist. Delight in the Lord means be your heart being soft and pliable, moldable. So when we come to God, you find, and we do it regularly, he starts to change us. That's why I asked Dan, how has it changed you? The reason I asked Dan was me and a few other people saw Dan without him realizing and perceived there was a change. So what's the change? When you start to pray, you start to change. When you stop praying, you still change. You go into reverse. You change when you take delight in the Lord. And people see you changing because we need to change. We need our heart change. You change your clothes every day and your heart needs to change. Your heart needs to be improved and softened every day. Your mindset needs to change. Your mindset, for some of us, you do keep doing the same things year after year and you expect something different to happen. It ain't going to happen. We need our mindset changing. We need our priorities changing. But we need them changing by the hand of God, molded by the hand of God, humbled by the heart of God. Because when he does that, guess what he's doing? He's making you more like Jesus. He's manipulating you in the best sense to give you his heart and your heart's desires. And one of the things, desires he gives you is a heart for the lost. You can't say you've got a heart for God and not have a heart for other people. It's impossible to have a heart for God and not be concerned what he's concerned about. That's why we're trying praying. That's why I'm encouraging you to get nearer the stage, if you like, so that you can catch what God is giving out. Because he's a giver. He's a huge heart. And we need to receive his heart's desires. He wants to give you this morning a heart and a desire to win the lost. I wonder if you want his heart. You just carry on. Just let me carry on with my lukewarm Christianity. Let me just carry on as I am. I'm much more comfortable. I've got it. I've got this religion down to a T. The problem is we don't have religion, we have relationship. Because when you pray with God's heart, you pray differently. When you pray with a heart after God, you pray differently. When you pray and you get up close to God, it changes you. Trust me, it changes you. 
It not only changes you, it changes your situation. It changes your relationships. It changes your marriage. It changes your priority. It changes your family. Mediocrity goes. Half-hearted Christianity goes. Lukewarm discipleship goes. Partial commitment in, out, I don't know, goes. Because you're connected with the heart of God. Real prayer sanctifies you. It gives you power and it brings you closer to the throne. Paul said, that I may know him. Moses said, show me your way that I may know you. David said, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that I may dwell in his holy presence. I also said, my soul thirsts for you, O Lord. There's a world out there waiting to be saved. And they're waiting to be saved because they're waiting for the evangelists. They're waiting for the witnessing. They're waiting for the laborers. Pray the Lord of the harvest to boot out, force out laborers into his harvest. So where are the harvesters? Jesus said, do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Look around the UK. Look around them, even with this virus. They're like panicking. Look, what are we going to do? They are already white for harvest. This is a brilliant time to tell your friends about Jesus. It really is. If you make your life just about you, you'll never be satisfied. Mick Jagger, I can't get no... I'm going to sing it there. No, uh, I can't get no satisfaction. You never will, because money doesn't give you satisfaction. Sex doesn't give you satisfaction. Big houses, big cars, traveling the world doesn't give you satisfaction. There's only Jesus gives you satisfaction. And when you make your mission about Jesus, you've got a different life. But we have to connect with him. And it's prayer that makes us connect It's prayer that makes us consent to the mission that he's got for you. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. It's not going to come with a shortcut. It's not going to come with me just praying and laying hands on you. What you're going to do is you have to build your own altar. Just imagine it. An Old Testament, old-fashioned altar. You build your altar, okay? You get your altar built, And you're ready to set fire to it. But you know what goes on top of the altar? You. Your desires. Your ambitions. Your aims. Your embarrassment. Your goals. Your vision. Everything goes on top of that altar. And you set fire to it. And then, and only then, does the world come and see what's burning. Understand? When you're set on fire, when you actually are ablaze with the Holy Spirit, people come to see what's burning inside of you. Brethren, Paul says, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel, for the UK, for your family, for your neighbor, your workmate, is that they might be saved, that they might be forgiven, that they might have a relationship with Jesus, that they might be going to heaven instead of hell. Paul says, that's my desire. 
What's your desire? Do you have a heart for the lost? Do you have a heart for prayer? I told you at the beginning, when we went down to the TGX conference, sitting near the front, team of people from the Freedom Center at that time, sitting with us and behind us, I don't know, 15, 20 of us, I think, something like that. Huge gap to the stage, huge gap to TDJX, huge gap, wires, everything else, until something happened. That we got a word. A man came to us and said, would you and Sue like to go backstage and meet TDJX? He wants you, believe it or not, to pray for him. Suddenly, we went from being at the distance, however close we were, to suddenly there was an intimacy with the person on the stage. You see, many of us are sitting there, whether it's the front row or the back row, are looking on from the gods, and we're looking down at what God's doing. We're looking down at what God wants for our life and plans for our life. And God says, I don't want you there. I want you here. I want you praying with me. I want you up close and personal. So let's pray. I'm praying that you catch his heart this morning. I'm praying that God, even if it's our cold room this morning, that God will speak to you because he wants to do a work in your life. Psalm 20 says, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. Save our city. Save our nation. Save our partners. Save our family. Save our world, Lord. They are sheep without a shepherd. Save, Lord. May the King answer us when we pray. Father, I thank you that even now you are igniting some lives. Some lives are going on the burnt offering. They're going on the altar. Father, I pray, Lord God, that we will indeed start to try praying. Not a religion, but a relationship. Not something we do once, twice, three times a day or a week, but something that's a conversation an intimacy that connects us with the God of this world, 
who has the answers for our life, who has the answer for our friends' lives. Give us, Lord, a heart for the lost. Let us weep for them. Let us intercede for them. Let us commit to them. Let us connect with them. Let us serve them. Let us influence them for your namesake. Amen. Amen. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcenter.com.